What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Kermac Video Podcast. Today I'll be airing Monster Cody. Scott. Part two. If you wish to donate for my hard work, for my travels, and bringing you this content, you can always go to paypal.me slash allhoodpublications or cash app Kermac Videos. Yeah, you know, like everybody had, people think that like, like today, what, what Cass is doing is new, like clicks. Everybody had clicks. Every, everything and every, every generation and somebody that comes in who charismatic, who really cares about the collective. You know what I mean? Because that's the real point, man. Like, like I was a true believer. I still am. Of course, I had my, 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 you know, reserves, but. Come in and you're a true believer. You're a fanatic. You ever see them religious people that no matter what you say, they you ain't finna get them to stop talking about God. Mm. Oh yeah, you know, God sent me to you. I don't wanna hear that. He told me he you would say that. I mean they gotta come back for everything, but they really believe what they're saying. So you can't get mad at them because they really pushing a serious ass belief. What you need to do is get away from them before they start shooting. Same with gang members. When you come into something, you a true believer as I was, and still am. That's what, that's what it is. This ain't no game. I ain't flossing, I ain't faking, I ain't wearing my pants like this because it's cool. These is my older brother's pants. These motherfuckers is too big. That's why I'm sagging. My belt fucked up, the buckle broke. These house shoes, I'm walking on the back because it's easier for me to slip my shoes out. I ain't trying to be like nobody. This is just how I walk. I, if I knew you motherfuckers was gonna turn this shit into a culture later on, I would've tried to clean myself up a little bit. That's just how I'm, I'm trying to look comfortable like that old man across the street that got that Pendleton on, them khakis and them house shoes. Cause he looked comfortable as fuck. Cause what we was imitating was older cats. We was imitating older cats who were really squares. But that's, they just had a cool ass look. So who was your crew coming up? We're well, talking in the late 70s. Well, I, 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 and I, I apologize for that, you're right. I'm a West Side Crip. That's what I came into. I'm a West Side Crip. I'm a West Side Crip that belongs to the H-Ray Gangsters. Then I started the North Side of the H-Ray Gangsters. 1980. In 1980, August 3rd. When I joined the West Side Crips, the Underground Crips was was just now starting to contract. They were so big. It was so many Crips calling themselves underground because that just really was the idea. Go underground. They had this crew called Team 29. They used to hunt Crips. And they'd jump out the car. They wouldn't even ask you. If they knew it was you, they'd say, Cute! And if you turn around, they they bust. They had this motherfucker named Croquette. He, he stayed doing target practice on us. Team 29, they part of the police department? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. They, they, they preceded Crash. They were the, the forerunners to Crash. They were the gang unit. They were really this, a, another gang. But, so, I'm a West Side Crip. 
But in, inside the West Side, there were various cliques, OC5. Original Crip 5, uh, uh, the Bible Crips, uh, um, Coden um, Contract Crips, uh, small cliques like that that uh, um, you know, existed briefly flashes in the pan, right? But all in conjunction with this other big thing called West Side, right? One thing about the Magnificent Seven is, is I was right there. I was. Uh, this is whose feet I sat under. This is this is whose shoulders I stood on. And that, that's my closest relations with them. Because what, what, what we inherited from them is that whole hood. What used to be the central city command of the Crips of the West Side, the A-Trays inherited from the park to where Tookie's father lived stepfather then where he eventually moved where cute and rusty lived where uh, 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 you know and mouse uh, all around the triplets uh harry um mad devil tray ball me hard dog la la i mean that whole area just it just is rich in um and, and, and oxen that I, I mean, fucking like it's, it's just super growth shit comes out of there. Like, like I was speaking about earlier about the five books, not that Tookie, Tookie wrote several books, uh, 14, which his autobiography was what I was speaking about. My books, Skull's books, my homegirl Cupcake Brown's book, my homeboy Joker's book, um, Concrete Jungle, um, from that one little small area. And then you, then we also produce people like Nipsey Hussle. We produce people like uh, Lil Sodi, or uh, often more warped people like the Grim Sleeper. I can't think of anyone that I've encountered in all my many years in the criminal justice system that has committed the kind of monstrous and the number of monstrous crimes that you have. And so at this time I will say that um, the defendant is not eligible for probation and probation is denied. And so Lonnie Franklin Jr. for the first degree murder of Deborah Jackson as alleged, as alleged in count one and the special circumstance of multiple murder, it is the judgment and sentence of this court that you shall suffer the death penalty. The total non-death sentence is life plus 25 years to life plus 14 years. All of that um, consecutive. How did that son of a bitch get in? I heard a motherfucker bragging that the hood produced a serial killer. We all serial killers. Anytime you do a killer in the same way three times, you're a serial killer. That means that you have a particular signature. I don't know about you. I'm a serial killer. Captain Crunch, of course, is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But uh, here's my thing, man. Um, I'm having a great time, honestly. All boys your side. I'm 56. I'm 56. Twinkie died when he was 14. 
Rolf died when he was 15. Okay, before all these murders, before the wars, now we, we, we want to talk about your relations to the 60s. Yeah, well, because that is the relations upon which actually my reputation was built. The people, of course, knew me before then from riding bicycles, from riding, uh, from doing flips. You know, we always been athletic. We hopped, you know, fences and shit. Then, so we always been athletic. Then we, when we started seeing Tookie and, and Cutes and all them and Mouse and these big old buff dudes, we always wanted to lift weights. So lifting weights when we went to jail was secondary to us just breathing. It was like, this is what we do. So we started buffing out. But at that time, when I joined my hood, late 75, actually got in. It was an awkward period. Didn't have a name. The people still call me Cody. Because that name, like I said, when I moved over there in 72, that was a gang name. But that was what my mother named me. You know what I mean? My mother named me Cody. So when I came with my name Cody with a K, I didn't like it because I always had it. It was, it was just regular me to, to me. So I, I went through a couple awkward periods. I started calling myself. I seen Bush Cassidy and Sundance Kid with Robert Redford and um, Paul Newman. And so I, I told A-Ball down the street, I said, I'm going to change my name to Sundance. And that shit sounded good. But when we, we went that night to write on the wall and I was writing that shit, it was a long ass shit to write. And that was when I was really illiterate. So I was like, damn. And then A-Ball was like, fuck that shit, let's go. So then I, then I went through, I was calling myself somehow Lil Caesar. How the fuck I got Lil Caesar? That shit lasted about 20 minutes. Cause I, I went to write it. I wrote Lil after A-Ball wrote his name. And then I, was, I wrote the C and A-Ball said, don't write that shit. Cause at that time, Lil Caesar was the Inglewood family. He was the dude that shot loose booty. So this dude had a big rep as being a crip hitter. So I couldn't call myself Lil Caesar. But I thought it was a cool name. I spent some price, some James Cagney shit or some Robert, you know, all, you know, that, you know that bullshit that you show us. But um, then uh, I, I, my name was Concert for a minute. That was about two days. I don't know what I was thinking about that. It just sounded like a cool name, Concert. You go through those awkward periods when you're an adolescent. But then when I got monster, I felt it. It just vibrated. It just like a frequency. I, I don't believe in God or none of that supernatural shit, but I felt like a, a compulsion when I came back to the turf that night. After we did what we did, and, and, and the way the sisters were saying, oh, they was calling you a monster. They said, man, you, they, you know, they said only a monster could have did this. Oh, you is a monster. You and you. Ooh. I was like, I was basking in that shit. I was basking in the depth of stupidity. Didn't even know it. I was drowning in that shit. I was just putting it all on me and shit. I was just fucking bathing in a fucking bath of stupidity and ignorance. And so I'm thinking these motherfuckers is praising me. These motherfuckers is kicking me all in my face. Not the people, but the pigs. But the way the people was saying it, it in my sickness, it looked like shine. It glittered like gold. So I took it. But the problem was, it was a big ass name and I was a little dude. I was like 120 pounds. I was cute. I really didn't, I, I didn't resemble a monster. So I really had to really think about this for a few nights. And then I just said, fuck it. I just said, if I'm gonna be a monster, that's my name, I'm gonna have to be one. So I started acting like one. I mean, I was fucking doing stupid suicidal shit. 
that. I mean, motherfuckers was like, they in there, but it's like two at the door to gun. If you can get past them and turn around and shoot, you can get both of them. I mean, shit like that. And they would send me on the turn. And I would go just because I, I just felt I needed to do it. And, and But it was ignorance pushing more than courage. But once you're in it, you can't do nothing but use your courage. So I made it to those suicidal ass student missions. So who are you fighting? The Brims and Inglewood? Not just that, but they sent me to rob people. Like drug dealers. Yeah, you know, I think I think people really got a misconception about me in, in the 60s. Like, I mean, I'm, man, it was one of the things that, like, you had to be there. Because it was, I mean, when we fell out, we really fell out, man. Because before that, it was all good. All, all bullshit aside. When we got handed, when my hood got handed, that area from the west side and the Mac 7s, We hooked up with the 60s. And then we hooked up with the Hoovers. So it was the Hoovers, the 60s, and us. That was really the whole West Side. When us three landed anywhere at any party, that was us. And we all got along, we all shared everything. Me and Jay Stone lived on the same street. Pretty boy lived right around the corner. Player. The whole front line dudes, the whole front hood dudes, they was the dudes I grew up with. Van Ness lived uh, Lunatic Frank. On that side, Joe Rat, his little brother Ace Rat, around the corner, Big Red, Keystone, Herman Moncrief. I mean, in the road, just these streets, Arlington. They used to call themselves the Arlington Gangsters. Ask Big Rick about that. That's, you know, these, these are the cats that I, I grew up under, right? After already having seen what it looks, what it's supposed to look like from Cutes, from Rusty, from Took, from, from Mouse, from the G's. We, this shit is so G, we weren't even calling them G's. They was just gods. They was just it. They didn't even have a name. It was just ineffable. That shit was like Yiddish, like Jewish shit. You can't even say God. So just GD. This is it. There was nothing before this, and there ain't gonna be nothing after like this, like that. So. Let me ask you, why'd you exclude the, the Harlems and the Hunnets? Because the Harlems was really they was hitters, but they was a hustler, hustler group more than anything. Harlem's, and they, they, they really wasn't a, a group that went out and, and went places. Them dudes was always high-end dudes. Like, they, the area looks poverty-stricken, but them dudes was hustlers. You know, they always was, they, you know, like they invented the word flocking, but they was doing that back in the day. They was, they was wearing Dennis Johnson them used to gangbang in three-piece suits. Them dudes were serious dudes. They was they were serious dudes, man. And uh, so I'm not taking them from Harlem, but that just wasn't their thing. Like we were campaign hoods. Well, like, you said the UG had a lot of territory. Well, what I mean by UG, it's not the set that's on 105 now. It's not the set that's chewed and beer can them. That that ain't that not that set. And I respect that, but that ain't the underground. Was just the fact that just go underground. Just just don't let don't appear as yourself. Cause this team 29 is knocking homies off. This this team 29 is setting you up for a gun and sending you to YA prison. You know what I mean? Then the word come out that Raymond got hit. Raymond got stabbed in prison. So I mean, motherfuckers is like, damn, this is how silly. But the Crips is like eight to two on the bloods. If you was blood then, you was real blood. Cause they was real Crips. 
and that was the war. And the Bloods was just always in a defensive mode. You know, so it was just like, it was us, saturated. <clears throat> but the beauty of it all was that it was amorphous. It was like ephemeral. It was, it wasn't no structure. The beauty of it was, I'm an outlaw. Fuck this society. Why would I go join a strict their ass society? I want to join a society that ain't got no gates, that ain't got no doors, ain't got no walls, no bars. I can do what I want to do. I can talk who I want to talk to. I can shoot who I want to shoot. I can carry a gun. I can do everything in this outlaw society that I can't do in this strict ass American society. Which society do you think I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with the outlaws. And that's what I want. But look, I'm not excluding the Harlem. Who else you say? The Hunters. The Hunters also is one of them kind of hoods. The Hunters always had more well off than we did. That's how we looked at the hundreds. And the hundreds really wasn't really coming down into the 80s, the 90s. Check this out. The phenomenon that came as a consequence of the 60s and the A-Trade getting into a war created this cancer thing. Like, that's, that's one thing I, I don't know I can describe it. This, this ca cancerous growth. Sometimes it's malignant, sometimes it's benign. But it's a cancerous growth, right? It depends on whether we're in a high tide of madness or a low tide. But this, this thing, right, that's growing on top of already an ill growth, but it's growing on top of that, is this. Now, if I'm from neighborhood, all the neighborhoods get along. Now if I'm from gangster, I'm in the gangster car. That excludes other things. So now it's Gangster don't bang. How can you say gangster don't bang? The craziest shit I heard was gangster got next. How in the fuck are you a gangster and you got next? What are you standing in line? Politely waiting your fucking turn, gangster? Gangsters go to the fucking front, stupid. What do you mean you got next? Who got now? What do you mean you got next? Who got now? How'd they get it from you? You call yourself a gangster. The fact of the matter is you can't be a gangster, a pimp, a player, and a hustler all at the same time. Those are different professions. Those are 100% 24-hour professions that are lanes that you have to stay in and, and dominate or dominate you and you fake it and you fucking up the game. That's what the game is. It's, the game is lanes. Man, butter, and guns. Just like he said, it's all shit <laughs> real. Look, homie, that shit fell out with us in the 60s, 40 years ago. That shit disrupted the whole vibration of Crip Nation. I mean, seriously, it disrupted the whole vibration. Now, I'm not saying that there weren't skirmishes before that, that a couple of my homies ain't killed a couple other Crips and you know, little shit. But that shit was always deadened because it was always subject to the greater, the whole. And the whole was, damn, look at us. I can go anywhere I want to go. I can fight, I can fuck, I can eat, I can shoot. I'm living what that shit used to look like on TV now. I'm living it. I'm John Wayne. I'm stepping up and shit with my gun hanging out of my pocket with testosterone all over the fucking wall. I'm fucking John Wayne now. 
but I'm monster coach. But I'm fucking with these dudes from the lower 60s. Because that's my cat, J-Stone. That's my cat, Lunatic Frank. Me and Lunatic Frank was in the Boy Scouts together. Big Feet, Daryl Drake, Pie Face, Daryl Price, Bobo, Tyrone, Big Rick, Keystone. Homie, I mean, just bona fide rolling 60 ass motherfuckers. Straight Crips, right? These is my cats. I'm fucking with them every, every Sunday at the skating rink, Rose Grands, every Sunday at the park, sitting there. Fucking with these dudes, man. But at the same time, I'm, I live on Tookie Street. And I'm also plugged into this. I'm like, I'm, man, it's like, I'm learning how to act, and then I'm going out acting it out. But I'm acting it out with cats in concert that's acting out for people in their hood. Feel me? Or people over here. So, we, that's what made that war so dangerous. That's what made us, at the beginning, become quote-unquote celebrities. Because not just didn't everybody know who we were. And we all knew who each other were. But it really was like a game. Like everybody knew we was killing and nobody said nothing. I used to be able to come back to the hood and tell somebody. I used to be able to come back to the hood and say, yeah, I just did that on such and such. The homies go over there and look and it's done. And we weren't even counting, but then one day we was at the park one day and the homies like, Monster, how many? I'm like, how many? So we knew at that level, like me and Big Feet, Drake, always see each other. So, because this is how deep it go with us, though. It's like 78, 1978. Myron gets shot. Me, Myron gets shot at a party. He had a party somehow. He and Damu were. He asked Damu for a light. Damu say, he asked Damu for a light and say, cuz. Damu turned out to be an IF. He was family. So Damu find out it's the key way in the party. In, in the party. Myron gets shot, boom, from the 60s. The word vibrate through the hood, boom. Sidewinder send me and Big GC. We go over there. And representative of our hood to the 60s to help him. Man, me and Big Drake took the bus all over South Central to get a small ass 25 automatic. I was mad as a motherfucker. We had army green coats on this shit. <laughs> we had army green coats on this shit. I thought we was going to get a big ass gun. We got a small ass 25. We go to Big Mump's house. Home. Mom, from every bank over Lunatic Frank. This is all probably where go back over Lunatic Frank house, take the shotgun shells, put Drano in them. With dimes cut up. Mom do all that. Mom got the gauge. Boom. He banked to the party nigga. I got this small ass gun. Like I'm a fucking kid. But I'm in. And I'm, I'm riding. Rick. Hey, buddy. We in the party. Dancing. Monk dancing. Ask him. Ask Big Monk about this. He slow dancing with a chick and the gun go off. In the party. In the garage. Boom! Spray all us with Drano. <laughs> we fucked up. <laughs> Look, now we all got guns too, though. Because we waiting for the families. Because the girl who's party is setting families up. 
told us they was gonna come. So now she had she got a, one of the homies told her to go in there and tell her mother, don't disrupt the party. We need this. It's gonna be cool. Just mishaps, firecracker. We back there inches like a motherfucker. So we packed the gauge back and we lay in the cup. Party go on. Here come the families down the driveway. Big shootout happened. Back, 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 back and forth. They get away in one car, but they leave another. So we just cut the car up, shoot it up, break the windows out. You know, gang bang shit, you know. But but my point is, when, 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 when the homie from the city got shot, we were men soldiers. Same way with us, right? One time, I had a G ride, and we had burners. We didn't have no gas money for the G. And Rick and drove by him and Big Joe Rat. They bought. Speak up. And I, 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 I flagged him down. Hey, hey, Rick, Rick, Rick. Rick and Joe Rat. I said, man, come on, man, I need some gas money, man. Look, I got the car, man, I got the gun. I'm gonna get some bloods. He gave me like 20 bucks for gas. I would put like three in and went and got some liquor. <laughs> but let me tell you when the first time I met Randy Washington. Listen to this. This is historical shit right here, homie. All bullshit side. By the time, by this time, in, in me and Tukey's relationship, I had started carrying a gun. But Tukey's driver, a cat named T-Bone from the west side, lived on 92nd. Had a white, pearl white 68 Chevy on Kragers. That motherfucker was tight. No hydraulics, it just was fucking sitting on fucking 20 Kragers. Pearl white with the bullets. Pearl white. He, that was Chuggy's like driver. So on, on Sundays, we banged the Sentinel Park, but I carried a gun. So it'd be him driving, took, and me in the back with the burner. Big ass police 38. I had already had like two bodies by this time. But, um, this day, we go to Sinella Park, and Raymond's there. So everybody's gathering around Raymond. I'm just in the cut like I'm supposed to be with the burner. Looking tough as shit. I know I'm going to miss everything I shoot at. I ain't been to shooting range or nothing. I just I just got adrenaline and cum. I'm ready to aim at a motherfucker with adrenaline and cum. But uh, that day, Raymond needs a ride back. And uh, so Took said, hell yeah. So I jump in the back as usual. So Took is next to me. Raymond's in the front. T-Bone's driving, all the windows down. Sunday afternoon, coming back from Inglewood on Manchester. T-Bone got an eight-track tape of the new song that just came out by the Commodores called Zoom. And Raymond's stuck on it. He keeps clicking that motherfucker to the same song, but he's singing it at the top of his voice. Oh, oh Zoom, I like to fly far away from here. Where my mind and he's singing at the top of his voice, but that shit is infectious. So we all just like this, right? That shit is fucking cool. We just like this is the top of crypto. This is the fucking top, right? And I'm like fucking twelve, and this shit is fucking blowing my mind. But I'm like, this is fucking creeping right here. All the way back, so we hurt all the way back. So when we get back, I go in the backyard and grab my bike. I got a BMX. When I come out, Chuck say, "Hey, Raymond, you hungry?" Raymond say, "Hell yeah." So Took broke out a couple dollars. He didn't ask me if I wanted shit. I had been carrying a gun all day. But I was like, fuck, I'm hungry as a motherfucker, right? I didn't want to say that I couldn't say it. So he looked at me, he said, uh, hey, Cody, go up to Vivian's and get me a fish sandwich. What you want, Raymond? Raymond said, uh, give me an egg sandwich. So I got him an egg sandwich. I got the money. I pushed him on my bike, but I was mad as a motherfucker because I was hungry and shit. So um, I go up there. When I get Raymond shit, they had cut it in half like a triangle. Man, I opened him on a piece of bread. Stole the egg. I ate it. Put the sandwich back. Folded it back up and shit. Packed it back. 
put it back in. I, I bailed back down there. Egg all on my face. I didn't even know. Um, push up, uh, hook slide, jumped off, gave him the shit. Like two minutes later, Raymond said, Hey, Chuck, hey, Cubs, this, this motherfucker ain't got no egg in it, cuz. Took said, Man, what? Looked over there. Took said, He looked right at me. I got egg and shit. He knew I did that shit, but he, he spared me. He looked at me. He said, Let's go. Boom. They marched up to fucking Vivians, took in Raymond, and jumped over the counter, took everything they had, from fucking spoons to salt and pepper, fucking jalapenos, everything, put that shit in big ass bags, and walked down the street with I felt so bad for the Asian people, but I was so happy because they ate so well that day. But later on, Tookie told me, he said, motherfucker, I know you did it. I said, I ain't do nothing, man. He knew I did. I was, that's when I first met Raymond. I mean, yeah, I'm not proud that I stole the egg out of the sandwich, but I was hungry. I was being a valiant soldier all day. I ain't break no oaths. I ain't break no laws. I stole uh, the founder's egg. So when you joined and Later on, I paid back in bodies and, 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 and desolation, crying. That's going to do it for this episode of Care Mac Video Podcast. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Shout out to the Mac Heads and Maniacs. For all you new subscribers, for all you people that's listening on podcasts, you can check out the videos on YouTube at Care Mac Videos. Thanks once again for listening. Have a good day. I promise this is a real hustle. Real meaning a tough grind. Legitimately bringing you the history. Once again, paypal.me slash allhoodpublications or cash app, Kev Mac Videos.